Good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letters Hong Kong with Sin Chung Kai, the chairman of Kwai Ching District Council. The following program is a personal view program. Dear Hong Kongers, it has been a year after I took office as the chairman of Kwai Ching District Council. Together with many young and fresh colleagues, we and the Pan-Democrats swept the 2019 District Council's elections and hold majority in 17 out of 18 District Councils. Fellow citizens, voters and supporters might have had high expectation on our victory, riding the waves of anti-extradition law amendment bill movement. As the year 2020 came to an end, I would like to share with you what we originally wanted to drive in the District Councils and what actually happened in the last 12 months. District boards were established by the British colonial government in 1981 in preparation for Sino-British negotiation on the fate of Hong Kong after 1997. District boards were advisory in nature and were not given any administrative or executive power. District boards were empowered through devolution by the colonial government to enhance how Hong Kong government addresses the opinion of the people of, on the implementation of government policies in district level. Parcel elections for district boards started in 1982 and universal suffrage was introduced to district boards in 1994. After the transition in 1997, appointed district board members were introduced back. District boards were renamed as district councils in year 2000 to further empower the role of district councils in district administrations. No matter it is before or after transition, district boards or district councils were all along being dominated by the pro-establishment or pro-Beijing camp. Even though in year 2003, when the pro-Beijing camp encountered a setback in district council elections, because the government tried to bulldoze the enactment of Basic Law Article 23, the pro-Beijing camp easily recaptured their laws in year 2007 and further expanded their dominance in 2011 and 2015. Following this more promising control, the government further provided financial support to the district councils. For example, given out $100 million for signature project schemes and various minor work projects. Moreover, consent from the district councils was then required for government projects and local improvement programs before it was submitted to the Legislative Council for funding approval. What's more, the salaries and benefits of district councils were significantly enhanced. However, the Hong Kong government would never know that after almost 40 years of continuous empowerment of district councils, the pro-Beijing camp would suffer such a disastrous defeat in the 2019 elections. As devolutions may not easily recovered, the Hong Kong government tried all the means, including both political and administrative, through the Home Affairs Department or the district offices, to restrict the secretarial supports to the district councils used to and joined in the pro-establishment years. Together with the COVID-19 pandemic, which prohibits organizing of many programs and projects, the achievement of the District Council in the last 12 months lost their splendor. In the past 40 years, District Boards of District Councils were used to work closely with the Home Affairs Department. 
district councillors were responsible for channelising the needs of, to the districts to the government through the Home Affairs Department, which in turn coordinated with various government departments to address these issues. The Home Affairs Department and the district officers have been taking up a strong supportive role to the district councils. With the new political situation after the 2019 election, the Home Affairs Department now uses various political and administrative means to obstruct or even prohibit various initiatives contributing to the well-being and livelihood of the district's citizens. The sad thing is that district offices are not driving a more efficient district councils. Instead, they have become the spearhead to demise the functioning of the district councils. For example, the councils have been obstructed by the government in fighting the pandemic in various circumstances. In the early stage of the epidemic, the councils were allowed to portray and provide surgical masks produced locally to the underprivileged through council funding. However, in recent months, after around August, Home Affairs Department stopped the councils to supply facial masks and disinfection spray to the district citizens. Besides, the Department of Health basically refused to attend the anti-epidemic meetings with the council to investigate issues where key concerns of the local citizens, like the management of the designated quarantine hotels. To give you accounts in the past year of this term of the district council in the 18 districts, district officers have led public officers leaving meetings over 90 times in the midst of the district council meetings. Over 160 discussion agenda had been accused by the officers to have exceeded the functions of the district councils as stated in the section 61A of the district council ordinance. Many of these walkout agenda, like the review of the minimum wage ordinance and the lentil tomorrow, were once discussed in the previous district councils. This political and financial restrictions on district councils aims at undermining the normal function and achievement of district councils. And I guess this is a plan to facilitate future fight back of the pro-establishment camp. The challenge to the district councils has been tremendous, yet the worst is to come. Taking advantage of the vacuum in the legislative council, the government will concretize the district ordinance in particular Section 61A to narrow the scope and functions of district councils. For example, what can be discussed and what cannot. Or introducing penalties if something is discussed in the councils which will embarrass or not ally with the government. Apart from the tightening agenda of the councils, further cutting budget and administrative support can be an easy step. Though the rumour of disqualifying district councillors does not come true after the meeting of the Standing Committee of the People's Congress. This just might not be the right timing. We might expect that somehow all district councillors have to take off to uphold basic law and the Hong Kong government will make use of the off to disqualify some of the district councillors. There's good chance that it is on the political agenda of Hong Kong government or Beijing government. Appointed members can also be introduced to the district councils to reverse the pandemic's dominance. Beijing may not need to rush to remove the seats of the existing councillors at this time, but they may easily remove our power to vote 
in the Chief Executive Election Committee through passing a simple amendment bill in the vacuumed Legislative Council. The road ahead is gloomy. Some people of Hong Kong may choose to leave Hong Kong and immigrate to other countries. But the majority of the people of Hong Kong can only remain staying here. Darkness may remain here for a very long period of time before dawn emerges. We do not have many options. We must resist and persist. We need to be aware of the red line laid down by the Beijing government. We should never give up and do not cross the red line. We should work smart to reduce the chances of being disqualified. This is not an era of sensible reasoning. This is the era of survival. By simply being able to survive in the district councils, we are still doing something for what we believe. Yes, existence is already a victory. We should always remember the district council is about grassroots. Our fellow district councillors should return to the fundamental. What we need to do is to serve our community well. If we do not forget, people of Hong Kong will never forget. Together, we will never forget, and we will not give up.